Avengers, assemble. In the wake of Endgame, some were lost, others regained. They're good. What happens next? Stay tuned, true believers, as we try to find out. Peter Melnick. Graphic designer, comic book enthusiast, and podcast pontificator. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Upstate New York radio announcer in the Sullivan Catskills with an inordinate amount of catching up in his own comic book universe. Ready? It's time for a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome, everyone, to a special bonus episode of The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick, and Eddie Wilson is not here today. However, I'll be doing double duty for this heapin' helpin' hulkin' bad boy of an episode. But before we get into all that, the good stuff, the rigmarole, we want to tell you all at home how you can listen to us, how you can find us on them, our social medias. And yeah, so go on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at... The Marvelists, and individually on social media, Instagram and Twitter for myself, at Peter Melnick. Facebook is facebook.com slash Peter Melnick Podcaster. You can also find Eddie on the Instagram at Eddie9193. I did a little bit of prep. I actually saw his Twitter name today. You can also, or his Instagram name today. But you can also listen to us on a wide variety of streaming platforms, including TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, Podbean, I believe a bunch of other ones. And yeah, you can listen to us on all those iOS and Android device apps. You can also listen to us on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. And remember, people, five stars is the way to go. Four stars or below doesn't work. It's like the ice cream machine at McDonald's. Just don't work, baby. You can also drop us a line in our email bag, themarvelists at gmail.com. Questions, comments, strongly worded letters, haikus, pictures of Spider-Man. Reasons why Star-Lord was right, by the way, in Infinity War, because I will never let that dead horse uh, just rest. You can also go on WolverinePodcast.com and use the promo code at checkout, Marvelists. And when you do, you get one free month of Stitcher Premium, and it's only $4.99 a month afterwards. Yeah, $4.99 a month. Not $499. 499 pennies, and again, John Q. Stetcher doesn't like it when you end up sending them 499 pennies in an envelope. First off, that envelope's going to break on the way there, and pretty sure that's not going to be a good look for you or Stetcher, because they're going to be like, they sent us an envelope with nothing in it. There's a hole in the bottom. This wasn't planned out very well at all. Neither was this joke. But you can also... Just say hello to us at our upcoming appearances. We're going to be doing some stuff, I believe, the Catskill Talk on September 21st in Wurtsboro, New York. It's going to be a conversation about the art of podcasting, about our love of podcasting, about why comic books are taking over the pop culture landscape, and just our experiences with podcasting. So again, go over to Wurtsboro, New York. You'll you'll see us talking about it on social media, especially Facebook and I believe Twitter. And also, I think I have a link to it on my LinkedIn account. Which why why are you on my LinkedIn? I mean, unless you're helping me, you know, with job opportunities. Why are you there? I don't know. Also, we're gonna be at the Port Jervis Fan Fest, 
which is going to be a convention, and we're going to be doing a panel, and it includes Sean Lewis of Image Comics, writer of the book Thumbs and Coyotes, among other image titles. And he's also a playwright, and he's really damn good, and a friend of the show. And that, I believe, is going to be, I'm going to check my calendar, calendar, ha, 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 ha. It's going to be taking place on September 28th. So again, go on social media. We'll be posting about it, but check it out. And also, the biggin, New York Comic Con, October 3rd through the 6th. We're going to be trolling around the area. We're going to be walking around, doing our thing, walking, talking, kissing hands, shaking babies. We're going to be doing our thing. And I'm excited for this. This is going to be a really big year. There's a lot of guests already announced at the show, including Paul Rudd and Tom Hiddleston, who, if you're going to go big, you might as well go big with those guys from the Avengers movies. And a lot of A-list comic book writers and artists are going to be there all over in Artist Alley, and we hope to see you there. New York Comic Con, October 3rd through the 6th. So, this episode, speaking of New York Comic Con, speaking of, is a special one because this has been sitting in our archive, our to-do list for the past few months. This, like again, was recorded at New York Comic Con 2018. And as you can tell with the title description of this episode, we are joined with Al Ewing, writer of Marvel's The Immortal Hulk. And to pull back the curtain a little bit on the process of what we have with the Marvelists, there's a lot of stuff sitting in our archives that we have not released yet. Not because we don't know what we're doing with it. No, we want to have it be something special. And we feel because we're on the road to New York Comic Con, we want to bring this episode to you now because Immortal Hulk is a really, really, really popular book. And it's to the point where it's beating the distinguished competition's Batman as one of the top-selling books every month. And that's, again, a testament of the quality of writing that Al Ewing is giving us with this book. Now, there's going to be part of this episode, I believe, where I talk to Al and ask why people should be reading Immortal Hulk. Well, I'm going to tell you people at home why you should be reading Immortal Hulk. Immortal Hulk is a reinvention of the Hulk character that has, I would say it's the best reinvention of the character since either Greg Pak's days working on the title or even Peter David's back in the 1990s and 80s. And, yeah... Hulk rules, and to, you know, steal a phrase from a certain orange-skinned hot dog, but it's it's definitely one of the best books on the stands today. Immortal Hulk is a book that blends both the typical superhero story, but really flips it on its ear because it's utilizing the old-school horror elements of what the Hulk used to be. And Al Ewing crafts a story that is very much a love letter to the EC comics of the 1950s. And I'm not talking about DC comics. I'm talking about EC. The excellent competition? Uh, I, I tried. I failed. The lesson here is never try. But with this, Immortal Hulk is definitely something that does try. And we here at The Marvelous love this book. And... We're to the point where we're Hulk... Oh, wait, no, that, that's already been taken. We're Hulk fans. We're friends of the Hulk. And I would say Immortal Hulk is 
a great reinvention of the Hulk character. And if you're not reading this book, you really, really, really should be. And to the point where Marvel right now is re-releasing, I believe, the first six issues as director's cuts, which include pencils, alluing scripts, notes and whatnot, and just amazing stuff. Incredible stuff, even. Ha, 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 ha. But just great stuff that you should be checking out. And if you're not, you're missing out on some great pencils by Bennett. You're missing out on these amazing covers by Alex Ross, which part of why I ended up getting this book, and I was getting this book when it first came out on the newsstand. I think I I jumped on at issue number two, but I grabbed number one when it was still affordable because apparently that's a wall book now. It's, I think, a, a book that is a lot more than it's, you know, a lot more than you would expect it to be. A book that just started about a year ago. And it's, I believe, number two is like a $90 book because it has the first appearance of a character, which I'm not going to spoil for you because I want you at home to read this. And again, such a solid book. And yeah, you can read the birth of this character. And by the way, Hulk is essentially, I guess, a zombie in this series, and he... Again, we're going back to the level of the old-school horror for this, and he just keeps coming back and coming back and coming back. You shoot him in the head. You do this. Guys, they even chopped his body up and put him into tiny little jars. Well, I mean, as tiny as they can get, because Hulk has a big head, so as many jars as humanly possible to put the Hulk in... And he comes back to life while in the jars. How is that possible? I don't know. But Al Ewing found a way to make that possible. And, again, it is very much a book that you people at home should be reading. And, like I said, check out even the Director's Cuts books that are going on right now. And, again, six issues. Not a lot, but... The book is also in paperback. I believe the uh, there's, I think, up to volume three right now. So you have no excuse. You can definitely read this book. Marvel Unlimited. Comixology Unlimited, I believe, has the first issue or so, among others. And just solid stuff that, yeah, you guys really should be reading at home. And you can read the how he came back from the dead by reading the Avengers No Surrender story, which is also co-penned by Al Ewing. You don't have to, but I recommend checking that out. It's, a, I believe, a 16-issue series. It was a weekly at the time, and it tells you why the Hulk came back from the dead. And by the way, wait, the Hulk's dead? But in the movies, he's alive. Yeah, but in the funny books, Clint Barton, Hawk guy, shot him in the head with an with a arrow, I believe gamma-radiated arrow in the Civil War II story, which, eh, you don't need to read that. It's pretty much summed up in Avengers, No Surrender, and it tells you what you need to know, and then you go into Immortal Hulk, and you're on for a hell of a ride. So, enough of my rambling, enough of my rigmarole. Let's get into our interview from, again, New York Comic Con 2018. Day three, New and that interview York begins right and about right now. With now. Writer, Al Ewing. Al, how you doing today? I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm weathering weathering the storm of the con. First off, how was the flight over here? It was nice. It was like um, it was one of those uh, old planes. So um, 
you know, sort of... Uh, like the Wright brothers? Well, you know, how, you know how you get on planes and it's like, you just end up watching all the films, and then you get on planes and it's like, yeah, we have a looping thing of three hours of uh, friends. Um, I'm so sorry to hear that. Well, it's... Um, no, because what I ended up doing was listening to podcasts. I've got really into the Adventure Zone, the, uh, the McElroy Brothers thing. I've heard a lot of good things about that show, and I've actually wanted to listen to that myself. Yeah, well, I mean, I was, I've been, I was getting right into the, uh, the kind of climax of it now, the first season, so um, that was, it was an opportunity to catch up on that, so that was good. That's cool, yeah. that's cool. Al, I have to ask, just first and foremost, the Immortal Hulk. Right. What was your initial introduction to the character, and what about the character do you love the most? Well, I mean, it's, the Hulk is one of those characters that you sort of learn by osmosis. They're like uh, like Spider-Man, like Sherlock Holmes, uh, Batman. These characters that you just you can't really remember when you first came across them. They've just like always been there. Um, I guess like early early chunks of the Hulk cartoon in the eighties. I was uh, I was a fan of that. The um, in Secret Wars. Uh, the yeah, we had in the UK. We got we got reprints of uh, Secret Wars, the um, the big, you know, all the heroes stand in line and say their names across it. I actually saw you the other day, and you were wearing the I Survived the Secret Wars. Yeah, Secret Wars. I I do have a T-shirt that says I Survived Secret Wars. That's from uh, the Explain the X-Men podcast. Um, oh, Jay and Miles. Yeah, Jay and Miles. Uh, it's one of it's one of theirs because um, it's got a plunger on it. Uh, because obviously Secret Wars two was when Spider-Man taught the Builder how to how to poo, which was, uh, you know, a high watermark in comics excellence. Comics are a weird medium, isn't yeah. it, aren't they? Yeah, they're a little strange. So anyway, I mean, I was, I was getting a lot of help from all these different sources, but uh, relevant to the Immortal Hulk, one of them was like one of these pocketbooks like, that reprinted the first six issues. And obviously in the first six issues, uh, Certainly, the first two issues. The Hulk comes out at night. You know, he's uh, he's surly, he's mean, he's uh, he's brutal. At, at a couple of points, he uh, he talks about like killing people and destroying the earth and like wiping out mankind. Um, he's basically a, a true monster, and you know, Banner is like very afraid of him. But there's also this sort of, like, the way Kirby draws, you know, Banner waiting for the sun to set, there's this sort of weird longing in his eyes to, like, become the man. You know, at the moment of becoming a monster, he's always like, oh, yeah, now I remember I like this. What was it like when you got that initial call saying, hey, we want you on our Hawk title? Well, it wasn't, it wasn't quite that cut and dry. Basically, we, uh, at around January of last year, uh, I was in the room and there was some talk about like, okay, the Hulk's been dead for a while. How do we bring him back, given that he's been resurrected a couple of times already? And, you know, those are good stories, but now we need to do the big resurrection and it needs to, like, land. And I think I remember saying something like, well, does he need anything to bring him back? Can he just come back? Uh, which is like, you know, when he said out loud like that, it doesn't work as a story beat, there's no drama to it, but, like, uh, it stuck in my head. Like, um... And I sort of started pushing the Hulk as this sort of horror, this kind of horror thing. And then we, at the same retreat, we kind of started on like No Surrender, 
and we we needed like a big thing. And it was decided the big thing that we do in that in that sort of uh, mashup of the three Avengers titles that existed then, the big thing that we would do would be uh, bringing back the Hulk. And I kind of took the reins on that one. Like in the room, I was sort of pushing to like write the Hulk scenes and uh, kind of do the do his voice and sort of. And I was really pushing, and I was already sort of pushing there, even then, to write the book. But Tom was like, well, don't go too far, because somebody else might end up writing it. Yeah. Um, so we sort of added... We added in a little, a teeny little bit of uh, plausible deniability. So, you know, it might have been the challenge that brought him back. It might have been that he came back on his own. But, like, except by the time... And meanwhile, I was sort of pitching the Hulk. You know, and I knew it was like in competition with a bunch of other writers, but... So yeah, I mean, actually, actually getting that, the, the kind of... Get, getting the nods, that was, that was a good thing, but it was kind of like built up to it, because it wasn't like out of the blue. It was like, you know, I'd sort of worked for it a bit, so... So yeah, it felt really good, but it, you know... And it was, it was a bit of a surprise, because it's like... There are a lot of... I didn't know exactly who I was sort of competing against for that job, but I knew there were going to be, like, some talented people. Oh, yeah. And so it was a nice surprise in, in that way. And you know, in my opinion, from a fan perspective, you're in great graces with Marvel when you get Alex Ross to do your covers. Mamma Mia, what covers those are. That was, that was a sign that, like, they were behind this one. Yeah, you know, all the way. But also, um, I think, and you'd probably need to talk to him about this, but I think Alex likes the Hulk as a character and enjoys drawing him. Recently, like, with the last batch of covers, he was like, can we get some different expressions on him? And I was like, sure. I was, you know. Uh, so now I'm thinking of covers where he could be, like, smiling or, like... Because uh, in most of the covers, he's, he's pretty angry, but... I mean, you wouldn't like him when he's angry. No, you wouldn't like him when he's angry. So, I mean, I think, you know, hopefully if, if Alex wants to keep on drawing the covers, then we'll, uh, you know, we might start changing. He's got some coming up that are absolutely phenomenal. I don't think they've been solicited yet. I think those solicits are probably upcoming, but, uh, yeah, the covers he's got on the way are... They're gorgeous. Like, oh, they're all gorgeous, but... And... One of the things I noticed about the color scheme, even, he's using like almost radioactive neons, kind of. Well, have you heard him talk about the logo? He no. sort of, he has this, he has this thing. He, he said it in the uh, panel by panel magazine, and I think there might be a bit in a, there might be a bit in the, uh, in the back matter, but. Uh, um, what he wanted to do was sort of have the logo be negative. Like, so it looked, it looked strange, it looked eerie. Um, so I mean, if you if you go back to look at one and the other covers, he's like, you know, the logo's in this sort of negative panning. And yeah, that was him, that was him wanting to do that. It's a really great, a great decision. But yeah, and yeah, his, the colors he chooses, they're these sort of, yeah, glowing, you know, radioactive, unsettling. 
there's like I, I keep using that word, but I can't help it. It's just gorgeous artwork, and he even makes the Hulk getting shot through the chest, and you can see inside yeah. a, such a beautiful looking shot, and that's a sign of a great artist. Well, that was um, that was one of the things I kind of. I think I put it in the pitch that he saw because I, I had like the first three issues blocked out and that was a beat in one of them. And I mean, I think for the cover originally, I, I said, can we do the Hulk looking scary in the church? And he sort of got back to me with like, um, yeah, he just sent back like the hole in the church and it's like, oh yeah, that beat's in there, I've forgotten that. And it's like, yeah, so he's got a really good sense of like which bit of the issue makes for the best cover. Uh, I mean, we're now unfortunately like um, past the stage where I can send him a whole plot. Now, uh, one of the major comparisons with your writing style of the Hulk is the 1950s style horror comics. I haven't seen that a lot. Right, the DC stuff. Um, yeah, basically, I think that was really with two. We kind of. I think with, with number one, it was like. That was kind of the introductory issue, and we sort of wanted to like get into some of the themes. And but issue two, I was thinking, all right, well, that should be like an issue one as well. That should be a done in one. It should be a kind of. And, and we ended up doing a story that was very much that kind of. It it fit that pattern. It had that as the sort of that was a heavy influence on it. Um, and I think people liked issue two so much that it sort of cast a shadow over like the entire run. Yeah. Um, and I mean, if you look at, you know, if you look at things like uh, issue six, the horror is a more of a sort of X-Files thing with like the people hanging upside down. Um, issue five is more of a sort of, it's almost Lovecraftian, all this kind of, so we're sort of going going for a lot of different horror directions and, uh, and different you, things. Do you think the Hulk could take the Cthulhu? My money's on the Hulk, just saying. I mean, you know, not to, not to spoil what's coming up, but we might end up going there. Uh, so, I mean, not Cthulhu himself. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, Still, that's yeah. fantastic. Wow. Well, more incredible. Yes. Or immortal. Or immortal. <laughs> what I would also... What do you think is going to be the lasting impact of this run, even so early in? Like, it's already being considered one of the best Hulk runs in the past 20 years. Well, you and Greg Pack. That's very kind of people. I think, uh... Oh, um, yeah, I think probably... The thing about the Hulk is that he's so big and so weird and so strange in a lot of ways that you really can't take him in any direction. Uh, so I reckon if there's going to be a lasting impact, it'll be like future teams uh, riding on our teams, feeling like um, more confident about taking the Hulk in strange directions and like directions of their own, like and not necessarily horror directions or like things like that. I, I'm, I'm almost expecting like, you know, the arc after mine, when, whenever that happens, to be like, lighthearted again or you know the Hulk's been like a uh, the Hulk's been sort of a family man he's been a sort of team leader he's been like 
Greg, Greg Pak's done three different amazing runs, and but they've all been completely different to each other. Yeah. Uh, and like, and it was a Hercules book for a while. It was like, you know. That's the, that's the weird thing about the I, that I and love I, that. I love that. That like, and if you go back and read those first six issues, it's all baked in there. Every other superhero is like within the first issue the shape of the shape of them is formed right the Hulk's only consistency until he's cancelled is like change this sort of endless like this endless changing um, so and that's that's great because that means you can do like so much and uh, so many kind of cool things with a character that's just like uh So yeah, I guess I, I would hope that the impact of this run is that uh, whoever comes next feels empowered and emboldened to go in their own unique direction and do something that's completely different from any Hulk coming that's come before. And then people are like, wow, I thought a model Hulk was good, but what's this? Um, so yeah, I'd like to kind of pay it forward like that. That'd be good. Now, as we've been recording, fans have been coming up and one of the continuing lines that people have said is this. I haven't read The Hulk in a long time, but your run made me want to get back into it. And... I think, I think that's the advantage of having, like, a big number one issue that's a self-contained story and sets a new tone. And, I mean, I'm, I'm starting to think now in terms of, like... Because, you know, The Hulk... I'm, I'm, I'm pitching more things to Marvel I'm sort of or attempting to and this is how I'm thinking now I'm sort of thinking like you know replicating that success isn't so much about replicating like the tone or doing the same thing again but it's about making that that first issue this access point that like brings people in, and then once they're there, gets them interested, gets them excited, you know, grabs them. And so, yeah, I think that was probably, I think it's probably that. It's probably we had a really, we had a really solid number one issue, and then we had a number two issue that was a number one issue, and the number three issue was a number one issue. And we had a lot of second printings and reprinting so people could catch up. And then, like, uh, we're sort of left... Um, so we're left in this very good place. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's nice. And it's nice that people, it's nice that people are coming back. Um, Quite frankly, I'm one of those. Okay. And well, I've been collecting for a number of years. I got back in, and I never collected a whole Yours is the one that I it started it. I have, I have heard that a lot, that... I've, I've, we've we've made some new Hulk fans, and that's always a good that's always a good feeling when you sort of when people are fans of stuff. I will say that if people want to if people want to go back and see you know what happened while Bruce Banner was dead, they're going to read some fantastic comics. You know, the Greg Pak Amadeus show run is like it's a lot of fun, and then over the course of time, it gets into some really interesting kind of psychological territory. And you know, Greg Pak is one of like the greatest. He's one of the greatest songwriters, you know, of all time. And I'm sure he'll be back again with another run 
that's totally different to like his other ones and totally great because he really gets the character. But will it be totally awesome? Uh, not again, I don't think. I think uh, I think the thing about Greg is he never goes back. The only uh, thing he goes back to is the Hulk, but he always changes it. Well, the Hulk always changes. So, there we go. What is your favorite Hulk color, by the way? Because we have so many different... He's, he's, there are many uh, on the color spectrum. I mean, Red Hulk, I've got a soft spot for our Red Hulk, the, uh, the US Avengers one, uh, with the mustache, so I like him. But uh, I always like... When I was, when I was a kid, I, I really enjoyed the Grey Hulk. Mr. Uh, Fixer? Yeah, Mr. Fixer. He was, he was one of my favorites, so... Um, you know, I was sort of sad to lose him, and of course, once once you bring in the mul all the multiple Hulks, you know, it's it's not quite the same. Uh, but so I guess I guess grey, but you know, you, the green is just so iconic. You can't really that's that's always going to be in the top spot. But, yeah. So now, Al, before we go, how can people get a hold of you on social media? Uh, not easily is the answer. I'm on, uh, if people are interested in the Hulk, uh, I do a Tumblr. It's uh, aluing, all one word, .tumblr.com. And I haven't been updating it much this week because I've been at the con. But when I do, I try and, I, I, I'm reading through every Hulk comic I can find. That's awesome. And like, I'm posting up little panels, little sequences that sort of interest me and appeal to me in the context of writing Immortal Hulk. So it's like a kind of process blog or uh, that's also a read through the history of the Hulk. What is so, actually a Hulk writer and artist that really struck you? And like, wow, this is incredible stuff. No pun intended. I mean, uh, Peter David, I, I really enjoyed his run. When I was younger, I've, I've, uh, I've enthused about Greg Pak already. Uh, who else? The, the early Bruce Jones run was, was very good. Um, oh. The, I'm trying to think if there's, I mean, the artists, Jack Kirby, especially with Steve Ditko, you know, collaborating with him. That, that second issue of Hulk, the art on that, the, is some of the most beautiful art the characters ever had. Um, and it's, it's very sort of EC style, it's that very, this, uh, not just, not just good art, not just like, bombastic card or frightening up but sort of this this quality of uh, artistic work that just kind of comes right off the page so yeah my, for art wise my, that might be one of my favourite issues of all time uh, other other great Hulk artists uh, Del Kian obviously uh, oh there's so many I, I like Todd McFarlane's but I liked him better when uh, I think Murray Severin inked him once, and Murray Severin was another great, great Hulk artist of all. Uh, man, John Severin, he's another. Uh, Herb Trimp, obviously. He was incredible. We actually. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. Uh, Trimpy. Trimpy. Herb Trimpy. Okay. He was an amazing guy. We actually hung out with him before he passed away. Literally oh, right. Days before. Oh wow. And. He was the nicest person you'd ever want to meet. I mean, yeah, he he always seemed that way, and his you know his uh, his art on the Hulk is the 
Uh, it's it's definitive. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I I, I mentioned I was a, a Secret Wars reader. That was my introduction to the Marvel Universe, the the UK reprints. Uh, Mike Zek drew an extremely good Hulk. Oh yeah. Uh, that was sort of my introduction to him in, in a lot of ways, and he, he drew him a lot of uh, solidity and power. Uh, and of, of course, if we're talking Hulk artists and if we're talking solidity and power, I can't let this go without mentioning uh, my wonderful collaborator on the Hulk, uh, Joe Bennett, who is just... Every, every time a new page comes into the inbox, it looks absolutely... It just gets better and better. His art on this is just... You know, he's, he's on a roll right now. He's on a high. He's just getting just better and better. A Hulk high. A Hulk high. You can also find me on Twitter. Uh, at, it's at Al underscore Ewing. I've got a pretty, uh, I've got a pretty heavy blocking policy. So, uh, you know, I, I use a lot of... I use sledgehammers to crack nuts on that site. So it's like, uh, you may find yourself locked out but you know that's like I'm not really saying much there anyway the Tumblr is where you get the good stuff sounds good uh, Al it was an absolute pleasure thank you so Thanks once again me. big thank you to Al Ewing for guesting on our program and talking with us about his book Immortal Hulk among many other things and yeah give him a follow on social media because he said it at the end of that audio and yeah so for the Marvelists I'm Peter Melnick He's always Eddie Wilson. He's always going to be Eddie Wilson. Excelsior, true believers. And so forth. Enough said. Distinguished competition. No prize. I kind of sound like I'm doing Gilbert Godfrey a little bit of this. The amazing Colossal Podcast. I'm done with this joke. It's dead. <laughs>